Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we are moving forward from the spiritual cryptids to a little more physical cryptids, I guess you could say. Uh, We're kind of going with some obscure cryptids that we came across over our research through just cryptids in general. And Eric came across some Mayan ones, which is actually kind of fascinating to me. Uh, Real quick before we get going, though, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Brian Anderson, who got me set up with a new recording system so that uh, we can kind of streamline the show a little bit better. And uh, I can't thank him enough because it was kind of a pain in the butt to set it up, but we finally got it figured out. So, Brian, thank you so much. So... Before uh, we get into it, what uh, did you? How did you come across the Mayan uh, aspect on the the cryptids? Yeah, uh, video games. Uh, <laughs> third time I think this this year that I've bought up video games. Uh, but yeah, uh, I was playing uh, video games, and <laughs> this one in particular is like a little uh, like a sprite. So speaking of spirits, we're gonna have one that's kind of a mix between spirit and. Uh, physical but uh there's this one called a it was a sprite that i found like this little uh what do they call it like a little uh, like a little statue in the game that i was playing i was playing tomb raider and so you know you go around you find treasures sometimes and so i found this one treasure and it was a little statue and it's about the alu or a lux i think it's called, i think it's pronounced alu um and it just described what they were and i was like huh well, that sounds like something for the radio show. So I did some more research, and sure enough, not only found that, but found a couple of other interesting things for uh, Mayan cryptids. So was was there any folklore put into the game when you found uh, like when you found that? Or I mean, there's all kinds of folklore within the games. Uh, all I mean, all the games, but uh, this, these last three, there's been different types of things because it's it's kind of supernatural um with realism it's like realistic supernatural i don't know how you pronounce how you would say that but it's i think it's like supernatural realism or something like that so it's like everything is pretty much real they're real locations they're uh they talk about real people you investigate real people you you know things like that uh you fight real people but then there's this supernatural kind of uh plot on the outside and towards the end of each game, you encounter the supernatural entity uh, or creature or whatever it is. Um, some of them are actually supernatural. Uh, some of them are like 
like just people who've gone like really like ancient they're just ancient people who've taken on animalistic type of behaviors uh but you know yeah so that there's there's definitely like folklore spread throughout as to why these creatures or things are happening um and then you have to determine whether or not that's true okay all right well since you brought up the Alux, I'll have you start us off with the folklore for the Alux, then, or Alu, yeah. or however you pronounce it. I, you know, it's yeah, it's hard to say or tell. I tried looking up like a pronunciation of it. Um, I know in the game, On this I think article that I'm seeing, it, it looks like Alu, A L U J is the pronunciation. Yeah, exactly. Because I know, like on the game, I think it was they said it was a Lux, and I was like. You know, this is what I thought it was until I saw this and I was like, wait, no. It's a little, I mean, anyway. that might be how Americans it, say it. I don't, it very well could be. I mean, that would make sense. I don't know what's the point of the X otherwise. So, right. <clears throat> <laughs> the Alu is, uh, it, it's just a name that's given to a type of sprite or spirit in mythological traditions uh, of certain Maya people, uh, especially from the Yucatan Peninsula and Guatemala. The Alu are conceived of as being small only about knee high uh and in appearance resembling miniature traditionally uh, dressed mayan people uh now tradition holds that the alu are generally invisible but are able to assume physical form for purposes of communicating with uh and even frightening humans as well as to congregate now, they are generally associated with natural features such as forests, caves, stones, uh, and fields, which, you know, we've, these are all things that are pretty similar to uh, the gnomes and the fairy people uh, mm. of Europe, actually. Um, but they can also be enticed to move somewhere through offerings. Now, their description and mythological role are somewhat reminiscent of other spirit-like or sprite-like mythical entities in a number of other cultural traditions. Uh, one in particular is, of course, the Celtic leprechaun, uh, as the leprechaun also plays tricks on people and things like that. So too do the Alu. Uh, now, some might believe that the Alu are called into being when a farmer builds a little house on his property, uh, most often in a maize field. For those of you who are curious, that means corn. <laughs> it's not an actual maize in a field. <laughs> They would think here in America, but <laughs> you would that that'd be a little weird for a farmer to build a little house in the middle of a maze, actual <laughs> maze, not the court. <laughs> um, now, after they build this house, uh, basically for about seven years, the alu will help the corn grow. It'll summon rain and patrol the fields at night. It'll be uh, whistling to scare off predators or crop thieves. Then at the end of seven years, the farmer must close the windows and doors of the little house, sealing the loo inside. If this is not done, the loo will run wild and start playing tricks on people. Now, there are some stories that say that they will actually, like occasionally, stop and ask farmers uh, or travelers for an offering. Then if the person refuses, the loo will often wreak havoc and spread illness. However, if their conditions are met... It is thought that the Alu will protect a person from thieves or even bring them good luck. If they are treated with respect, they can be very helpful. And of course, it is often believed that it is not good to name them aloud as it will summon a disgruntled Alu from its home. Uh, so, I mean, there's quite a few I mean, similarities here. 
you know, between mm-hmm. the Alu and the Leprechauns, especially. Uh, I, I always like when we read. I mean, obviously, this is all it's mythological. You know, they're they're fairy tales or folk tales, um, but it's always funny to me because a lot of the things that we read, they'll there'll be the articles or just various uh, little notes about what they do, how they act, and things like that. And their distinguishes being like almost fact-like, you know, like this is what they do. This is where they live. This is, mm-hmm. you know, seven years. And if they're not housed, do they wreak havoc? Uh, but then towards the end of all these little stories, it's like, and it is believed that they can provide good health and protection. And it's like, all of this is fact, but then you believe that maybe <laughs> this could be what they do. Um, so well, I mean, that's kind of how we run our show, too. We give them fact, and then we tell them what we think. No, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Um, it's just interesting to me uh, because, I, I mean, I haven't really seen, like, this This one, you know, how, like, some of the the stuff we've talked about, there's some type of visual evidence uh there's pictures or videos uh of mm-hmm. whatever it is it might be uh in this case there aren't really any this is there's just artistic renderings of what people would believe and it, it's weird because there's there's not too much um detail as to how this particular fairy tale uh, came to be you know we don't know if this was just a mayan tradition and poof it happened or if it's uh right. you know came over like overseas. I mean, obviously it didn't come overseas because we're talking Mayans because this is a much older culture than some of the others that we've talked about. Uh, plus like given the time, I mean, you wouldn't think like, okay, here's the similarities between the Alu and the Leprechaun. Obviously Europeans didn't come down to the Mayan or the Mayan go to the, <laughs> go to Europe and be like, right. Oh, let's adopt this. You know, that didn't happen. So, and that's one thing that I think is really interesting with all the stuff that you and I do talk about, whether it's cryptids or ghosts or something else, it's how similar many of these creatures are or stories are from one country to the next. Um, especially when they're old stories, despite these people not having met. Right. You know, the, right. the cultures on the other side of the world. Yeah, well, I mean, and sometimes they don't always line up, but it's so similar that it's like, okay, well, what is really going on then? Are these things adapting themselves to the different peoples? Uh, Is it, like we talked about last week with the Bigfoot, is it some type of trickster spirit changing into these particular forms and then somehow that connects these cultures together when they finally do meet. And then that begs the question, well, why would a trickster do that to bring people together just because the legends are the same? I don't know. Right. Just something off the top of my head, but um, yeah. And it's actually kind of interesting because as I was doing the research and saw that it gave reference to the the leprechaun, it kind of made sense because it's talking about it being a trickster spirit. But uh, the legend of the leprechaun is different in a sense that it... I, I don't believe that the leprechaun is summoned in any way is it it's usually you find the the pot of gold and then 
the leprechaun appears to protect the gold, right? Isn't that usually how it uh, goes? Not necessarily. Uh, I think there's various... Um, I don't know if it's so much summoning as it is like the right time and place type of thing. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not even sure if leprechauns are necessarily linked directly to gold alone. I think it's mostly just treasure in general uh, that they enjoy. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the the pot of gold is the traditional thing that you oh, usually sure. see them. But yeah. I, I think you're right. It's usually just treasure in general, kind of like how the dragon got associated with protecting treasure. Right. Exactly. Well. Because like leprechauns are really, there's more, I guess, humanity to them in a way, because they're typically seen as like solitary. Yeah. Single one or whatever. Yeah. Uh, who happened to like, mend shoes you know they 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 build shoes they mend shoes uh they work in shoe shops and different things um and of course there's belief that there is gold at the end of a rainbow at the end of the rainbow but uh whether or not that gold just appears only when rainbows appear <laughs> you know so right <laughs> i wish <laughs> But right. i'm never able to get to the end of the rainbow so right well <clears throat> now and this is the thing, because like you can't summon necessarily a leprechaun, but you can catch one, uh, according to lore. Right. So if you were to catch uh, a leprechaun, then they would often grant you like three wishes in exchange for their freedom. Uh, they're very particular on their freedom, which makes sense. But it, it's it's what's interesting about the leprechaun though is that it's an actually it's actually a relatively young myth uh, hmm. for Ir- for Ireland. Uh, in the Irish, uh, there's been leprechaun creatures, of course, but they rarely appear in Irish mythology and only became pros- prominent in later folklore. So I don't know why exactly those particular creatures or people showed up uh, just out of the blue. But right. Well, I think what's most interesting is that on the Alu side, they appear as knee-high Mayan people, and then on the leprechaun side, depending on the lore, it's usually about the same thing, about knee-high or maybe smaller, uh, but they kind of look like an Irishman. Mm-hmm. Red red hair, uh, most commonly depicted with a beard and green clothes, and so again, it really just begs that question why are these things so similar and, and how how do they connect between cultures and continents even um i, I want to say there's probably something similar in uh, asian cultures as well yeah with with the sprite um folklore so interesting one and i think it's fascinating because here in the U.S., I mean, we've got different types of folklore and, and traditions that go along with these different beings because it came from our Anglo-Saxon days when we first came to the Americas. So I think it's kind of fascinating that you had found this in a video game and 
the woman, the main character, is English, which would uh, link the sprite thing to her culture as well as the culture she was investigating. Mm. So, so the other creature that you had come across is the Hue Chivo. And this one kind of links to something we did, what was it, two years ago now? Ooh, longer than that, I think. It <laughs> two and a half years ago. Three years ago. <laughs> but uh, the the thing that we covered was the Goat Man, and I believe there was like three different cities that it had appeared, right? Yeah, I believe so. Which, by the way, it's uh, one of our highest rated uh, shows as well. So if you right. guys do the Patreon... Um, you'll have access to that show and you'll want to check yeah. it out. Yeah. Well, and um, the, one of our plus club members, Cat Ward, our good friend, Cat, actually just listened to the Chupacabra episode. <laughs> yes, I and, know. I got, I got <laughs> did, did she message you? <laughs> 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 but uh, I, I want to say I haven't gotten the Goatman episode up yet, but I'm working slowly to get each one up. So I'll try and make sure that one is up by uh, this episode's airing. And uh, if you guys want to be a part of the Plus Club, you can just go to paratroothater.com and there's a link right there for you to click on the the Patreon logo. So, uh, But the, the creature Huey Chivo, it, it's different in a sense compared to the Goatman because... The Huey Chivo is specifically linked to a sorcerer, and in the Goatman legends, it was only one of the legends where it was, I don't think it was a sorcerer, it was like a scientist or something, right? Yeah, right. Um, so the it's half man, half beast, with burning red eyes, uh, most commonly in the Yucatan Peninsula, and it's supposedly a evil sorcerer who transformed himself supernaturally into an animal, usually a goat, but it's also linked to a dog or a deer and will prey on livestock. In recent times, it has come associated with the Chupacabra. The Hue Chivo is specific to the southern Mexican saints of Yucatan, Campeche, and Quintana Roo if I'm pronouncing those correctly. Uh, allegedly, the Huey Chivo activity is sporadically reported in the regional press or newspaper, as we would call it here in the U.S. So, in a sense, the Huey Chivo and the Goatman kind of link together, but only in the sense that uh, in the U.S., the, the legend is it was a scientist, and in South America, it was a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about it. Uh, I think there was one legend of a guy like being a Satanist. Was that the scientist that was the uh, Satanist, and or was he part of a circus or something? I can't remember maybe, now. I don't but, recall him. Be, I do not recall him being a Satanist. So, okay. Um, I, one of the legends was the guy was a Satanist. I can't remember if he was a part of a circus or if he was the scientist. I can't remember which one for sure, but. Um, that's how they kind of linked how he was cursed to be this half goat, half man creature for the the Goat Man legend. Uh, 
Um, but another one that was kind of linked to the Hue Chivo, which I found kind of fascinating, was the uh, Nahual. And the Nahual is pretty much kind of, uh, the same thing. It's linked to an evil sorcerer uh, who will change himself into a jaguar. Uh, but he'll also use puma, wolf, sometimes donkeys, birds, dogs, or coyotes. And it, uh, again, goes to the South American side, but it's kind of specifically associated with Mexico and the god uh, Tezcatlipoca. So I I think that it's kind of probably one of those things where the legend traveled throughout South America and... if it was a sorcerer, maybe he was just choosing the animals of the region to turn into to to freak people out or or hunt or whatever. But um, it all goes along those lines of shape shifting, kind of like we talked about in the spiritual werewolf episode, sort of. Uh, but it, I mean, it kind of it actually links more to like the physical werewolf compared to the spiritual werewolf that we talked about. So it was kind of right. interesting that uh, it's kind of similar between the two. Mm-hmm. So um, was, was there any others that you had come across for the South American side for any uh, other uh, cryptids? Yeah. So there is one other one that I came across, which is significant. It doesn't have anywhere near as much information as some of the others that we talked about here today. Um but there is one called, and I think I'm pronouncing it right, uh, the Conchon, I hope. Um, <laughs> Chonchon, maybe. <laughs> Chonchon, I don't really know. Uh, there's not a pronunciation for it, um, but it's C-H-O-N-C-H-O-N. Uh, now, this one in particular is actually a mythical bird, uh, which is present within the Chilean and Southern Argentine folk myths. Now the, I'm going to call it the Chonchon. So the Chonchon or Chonchon is the magic transformation of the powerful Calchas, uh, basically the, um, the, the Mapuche sorcerers uh, that knows the secret of the Calchas uh, to become this feathered creature. Now the Kolku or the sorcerer would carry out the transformation into a Chonchon by an act of will and being anointed by a magic cream in the throat that eases the removal of the head from the rest of the body, with the removed head then becoming the creature. Now the chanchan has the shape of a human head with feathers and talons. Uh, its ears, which are extremely large, serve as wings for its flight on moonless nights. The chanchans are supposed to be endowed with all the magical powers of uh, the caucus or by wizards that want this power. They are known for the cry of, I think it's Tui, Tui, Tui during their flight. <laughs> uh, but the Chanchan is actually considered a mythical bird that announces bad luck. Uh, and f- the form in that the caucus used to carry out easily their wicked activities. Uh, and of course the Kaku transformed into the chanchan uh 
can also drink the blood of sleeping people. Um, you know, one thing about this myth that's really weird is that it's really weird. Um, <laughs> it, it's all over the board, really. Uh, we have magic here where people can transform into the bird, but then the bird's also seen as an omen of bad luck. But then when transformed, they can also drink the blood of sleeping people. So I don't know if it's just a sorcerer transforming itself being like, I'm bad luck and then coming down and drinking the blood of people. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's actually, you know, like uh, it doesn't make sense. Um, and that's something that, you know, you, you find occasional, occasionally with some of these myths. Um, some of them are just kind of thrown together. There's not much information on them. You maybe see a picture of it in a, on a wall in the cave or you see it in some uh, old ancient books and things like that. And you don't really know much about it. So you kind of come up with certain ideas or you piece little things together and you come up with more or less just like a, like a, just a board of nonsense. Um, <laughs> you know, just some, some of it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, now, clearly there is some interesting stuff with this bird. I, I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, it's weird to me that the sorcerer from if it makes sense to you, I think, I guess the sorcerer sorcerer or wizard removes their own head from their body and then the head becomes the bird. Uh, so I don't know if they remain the bird forever or if this is simply a, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Now, does it say anything about why moonless nights? No, no, it does not. Okay. And doesn't say anything about why sleeping people's blood. Negative. Not a thing. Huh. This is the myth in the sense of the word. It's a myth. <laughs> it's also mysterious. It's a mysterious myth. Well, it's just kind of weird that they throw that in there, but then there's no explanation. Like, why yeah. a moonless night? Why sleeping people's blood? I mean, the, the vampire lore, there is a common theme of the victim being asleep because the uh, vampire comes at night, but mm. I, I guess well, that would this is maybe this be why. Yeah. So interesting. So I, I think that's a good spot to take our break. We've got three kind of interesting, four interesting cryptids from Mayan culture and, and South American culture. So I think we'll kind of break down our kind of, opinions on it right after the break here so folks stay tuned we will be right back right after this hey everyone i'm cat ward host of paranormal heart your monthly paranormal podcast join me the last sunday of every month as i speak to people who share their paranormal experiences you can follow me on podbean youtube TuneIn, itunes spotify and paranormal radio Hey there. hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we've been talking about some Mayan and South American cryptids. Uh, we've talked about sprites. We've talked about uh, were creatures. Uh, and we talked about some weird Chan Chan bird that is formed after someone literally loses their head so (laughs) with that said um we've discussed a couple things here that are very similar to other uh lore Mm -hmm. uh, around the world uh the alu for one being linked very squarely with the leprechaun it would appear uh minus three wishes thing and making shoes um the other would be the huechivo which is linked to the goat man for those of you who don't know spanish and uh the yucatec mayan terms uh the hue chivo basically means uh hue or ue uh, meaning sorcerer spirit or animal familiar and chivo in spanish is simply goat so i know we've talked about werewolves and what were and wolf really means right so there you go hue chivo um Choose your picking. I, I like animal familiar goat. <laughs> I like that one the best. <laughs> well, it's like, yes, it, goats are familiar animals. Good sir. It, in Spanish, usually it's it, the it's flip flop. So it wouldn't be sorcerer goat. It would be goat sorcerer in English. Except that if I'm not mistaken, Hue is Yucatec Mayan. Well, right, but what I mean is... So would Spanish really go before the Yucatec? What I I mean, though, is 
the Yucatec it was a derivative of of Spanish language. Um, so I mean, not exactly. It was more of a, a Latin derivative, but um, either way, usually how the South American language works, at least today, it may not have been back then, but today it's when they when they say something, it's it's flipped to to compare it to what we would say it in English. And that's when you go with the full Spanish term, which is Chivo Brujo. Uh, Chivo being first this time, because as Justin said, what he said. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even remember what I just said. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) What are your thoughts on? Let's start with the Huichivo in particular. I know we, I know we've already kind of shared some thoughts on it, but despite the link between the goat man here in the U.S. Uh, and what is we'll consider the goat man in in Mayan culture, um, why do you think? Either what do you think, or why do you think uh, there's a big difference between these two creatures because obviously there is a difference um one being a sorcerer and the other one being we don't really know scientific i I mean there's like yeah there's three different legends for the ones here in the u.s so um why were they why are they so different yeah um i mean first and foremost the goat man here in the u.s is relatively no new i believe the Hue Chivo goes back a little bit further. So the legend, if we adapted the goat man from the, this particular legend, it could be that the legend was muddled and eventually adapted to our culture here. Uh, if it is a physical cryptid where nobody really knows what it is or where it came from, then everybody's making up their own explanation as to what brought it about because we can't explain it with natural science. Right. What do you think? Well, well, I mean, one thing that I've noticed, uh, that there's a big distinction between the two of them is that the Huichivo is a were creature or a weird creature. Um, mm-hmm. this is a person who can shape shift into it as opposed to the U S goat man, which is just a goat man. It's doesn't change. It becomes the goat and that's it. Or it was born the goat, depending on the legend. Um, so there is no change there. It's just a creature much like your Bigfoots. Um, so I think that's the big difference that I see between the two of them. One being magical, the other one being, uh, what do you call it? Animalistic, wild, just, mm. you know, a creature. Well, but I mean, the same can be said between the werewolf lore of back in the day to the dogmen of today. You know what I mean, as far as the lore goes and and how it came about. Yeah, but <clears throat> see, it's it's this is. I really wish we had, and much of the research that we do, not everything gives us full descriptions as to like dates in terms of dates right. as to when this legend was born, uh, which would give us a significant. Uh, insight as to where the legends came from or who influenced who or if they were influenced at all. Um, because if the Huey Chivo, for example, was born before 
the America was settled, Americas were settled by, settled by European, and then then clearly there wouldn't really be much of a. It, it would be the U.S. that would have possibly adopted the the legend, right? As right. opposed to vice versa. Um, but even still, I feel like the like even with the werewolf legends versus the dogmen, uh, there are similarities, but they're still vastly different creatures or beings altogether because of the circumstances surrounding both cryptids. Okay. All right. Well, what are your thoughts on the Alu? Uh, the Alu. Uh, the Alu is, I mean, the, it, honestly, it's, it's so, so uh, similar to the Leprechaun and to the Irish culture uh, or legends that it, it, it obviously we can't say one or the other, the other, you know, whether one was, you know, right. whatever, but it's, it, it's interesting in that it basically works for you. Like you can summon this one as opposed to the leprechaun, you can build it a little house and it'll go to the house and it'll protect your corn uh, for an entire seven years. And then after those seven years, Go on its merry way if you deliver your end of the bargain, which is providing it whatever it is that it wants. Um, as opposed to Leprechaun, who once captured, you know, it, it grants you three wishes, but then that's about the most interaction you get with it. You'd have to actually imprison it, basically. They mm -hmm. don't just come to help you, uh, they don't really help you. That's not their job. They don't want any part of that. So I think that's the big difference between the two. Um, but I thought it was interesting that, that, that the Alu would be so like, I guess, according to the legend, willing to help humanity, I guess, in some way or another. Well, I think the Alu is kind of more along the lines of the brownie or the gnome compared to the leprechaun, because mm -hmm. in, in folklore for the gnome or the brownies, um, the, they help the um, shoemakers, I forget the technical term for them, uh, or even um, toy makers helping them with their craft, whether it's fixing the shoes or building toys or whatever. Uh, I don't remember in folklore for the gnome or the brownie if there's any mischief involved. I believe you're supposed to appease them with like liquor and little goodies and that sort of a thing. But mm -hmm. um, I can't remember a hundred percent what happens if you don't, I don't know if they like destroy your, your shop or something or something like that. But uh, I think it kind of goes along the same lines of the Alu where they would be mischievous if you didn't appease them kind of like the Alu. So right. what are your thoughts on how these, this particular, creature kind of spans multiple cultures and multiple continents. Uh, you know, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I honestly, I feel like it's everything's so connected. Even, even when you don't have people traveling from one place to another, there's always similarities. You know, there, there's mm -hmm. always stories that are going to be similar to some somewhere else. Uh, now this one's very similar. 
to some of the things that we see in Europe, uh, Asia, and the, you know all these different areas. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like it's just random coincidence that there's two stories that are, or so many stories that are just so equally alike. I think that you I don't think just summed up with a coincidence. <laughs> you don't think that maybe there's these beings that are trying to connect with multiple cultures just to say, Hey, we're here. Uh, man, you know, I don't know. It's. We, or do you, you know, are you honestly thinking it's more of just kind of legends and folklore compared to actual beings? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of this really is just legends and folklore. Um, no, that's not to say that that's necessarily true because obviously the Mayan people were really interested uh, in what we would consider alien uh, technology and visitation. Uh, mm. Now, they, the Mayan people were pretty brutal when it when it when it comes to like sacrifices and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and there have been descriptions and you know pictures and you know art artistic pictures and stuff like that, that they would talk to somebody or that some being would come to them. And these beings had been shown around the world, uh, very similar, uh, in other locations, Stonehenge being another one, uh, and a few others. So obviously there is that as well. Again, it could be a coincidence, but the fact that they all have this very similar look could be obviously a being of some sort could be a spiritual entity. could be some, you know, something extraterrestrial. We don't really know, obviously, uh, otherwise, We'd have a whole lot more to talk about, but I, I feel like giving, like simply giving, uh, some type of entity or being person from a spaceship or whatever, like giving them too much credit, I think is a problem as well, because then we rely on that information only instead of simply trying to figure out the truth, uh, the problem is there's so many people out there nowadays that are researching aliens and extraterrestrials, but they're only searching in hopes of finding that they're real. I, I just don't think like, you know, if you place, if you're, for example, if you, Justin, believe that aliens exist, but you have no proof of that existence, you're going to go out and do research to try and prove that existence, Right. Instead of coming to it from a skeptical standpoint, because the problem is when you come at something with uh, full belief, run, like you're running on full, like I believe this, this is a thing, any evidence you find, you're going to use it to support your belief, right? And right. the same thing if you're, if you're going to be completely skeptical, it's the same thing. You're going to do everything in your power to make it you know, sync up with your belief. Uh, and I think it's a problem. So I think we need to look at these visitations as a possibly being some type of entity, but also possibly being just a mere coincidence that all these people had the same idea um, because it happens. I mean, look how many stories are out there that are so similar. You and I talk about it all the time. Like there's no original ideas in the entire world. No one's got an original idea for a reason. We all come up with the same stuff. So I, I just feel like that's something that needs to be considered before coming out and saying, yeah, I feel like it was aliens that <laughs> created these beings or whatever. Well, I, and I mean, it could totally be just humans trying to make sense of something 
that they don't understand. I mean, there's so many cultures that link gods to different parts of everyday life just to explain why they don't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So the la- I can't even remember the name of the the Chon Chon or the Chow ch- yeah the Chon Chon or Chon Chon or I, don't I mean know. the 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 now now Nagual or Nahual uh, that I talked about it was pretty much the same thing as the Huey Chivo. So I mean, pretty much the same concept can be applied to what we were talking about with the Huey Chivo. But um, do you think that that is kind of linked to? vampiric folklore from Europe? I mean, it very well could be. Uh, I mean, the only thing that we see in regards to any vampiric nature is the drinking of blood uh, from a sleeping person. Uh, Well, I mean, that it can fly. So, I mean, yeah, it sprouts wings out of its ears. But when I, when I think of vampires, I think of how they turn into bats. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where, my mind goes with the, that part of it. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't see that. I, I, I don't see that being an influence in any way or sh- anything like that, or even being like <clears throat> similar to me. I don't. I don't think that's similar. Um, I, I feel like this bird, even though it's not a great description of the bird, um, it, it seems like it becomes a bird and stays a bird uh, with a human head. Uh, I, I feel like this particular whatever it is call it cryptid or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, I, I just feel like it's something that was like made up at one point and just left, you know, to be, uh, I mean, again, whoever becomes, it has to literally like lose their head for it. They have to, their head needs to be separated from their body and then it becomes the bird. Um, and aside from the blood, I just don't see any other real vampiric thing. I mean, yes, it flies around at night on moonless nights in particular. Um, but again, there's no real description as to why. And it doesn't say why moonless nights. It doesn't say why night. It doesn't say why it drinks blood. There's no description as to really anything on the creature. So that's this is one of those where, it, honestly, it's just a bust. I have nothing. <laughs> well, I mean... Because it's so vague, I mean, pretty much all of these particular creatures we talked about today were, it was a very vague description for a lot of them. And and I mean, there were a couple of other articles that I came across that kind of talked a little more in depth about things, but overall, it was more so that base legend and then people kind of just adding their own what this might've been or, you know, that sort of thing. There was no real fact behind what they were saying as far as the, the, uh, their particular take on it. So, so yeah. And I don't know either. It, It just, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the, the vampire folklore. So that's why I'm like, is, is there a link? Is there not? I really don't know. I, I, so I looked up, like I looked up Chan Chan just to get an idea, like if there's any pictures of renderings of what the creature would look like. If you want a good laugh, I recommend <laughs> Googling Chan Chan, C-H-O-N-C-H-O-N. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, but hey, I still have nothing. <laughs> Ugh, that's, 
really disgusting. <laughs> right? It's weird. <laughs> well, I mean, in some of the renderings, some of them show bat-like wings. Others show it bird-like wings. Some mm-hmm. of it show a human head. Some of it show more of a demon-looking like head with horns and fangs and that sort of thing. So what what the real representation is, I, I guess, is up to the eye of the beholder, like a lot of these creatures. So I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> so any final thoughts uh, on any of these? No. No. All right. Well, I think that's about all we got for you guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Give us your thoughts and opinions. I would I would love to hear what you guys think on these creatures. Next week, we're going to take a quick break because I have some prior engagements, but we will be back the following week talking about some very more obscure and weird cryptids. So until next time, when you hear from us, folks, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come through. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.